0: Hi, everyone. If you are new to this podcast, welcome to The Color in Art, a podcast about diversity, equity and inclusion in the arts industry. Last episode, I had an amazing conversation with Anya and Kat about their experiences in the arts industry, as well as their work regarding DEI. If you haven't listened to that yet, I strongly recommend doing so before listening to this one, as it will give you an amazing understanding on DEI in art as a whole. As we've discussed in previous episodes, the art industry is so broad. Each episode, I want to bring you deeper into the arts industry and learn more about how unique professions and identities are affected by DEI in completely different ways. For example, the creative arts in the workplace is a niche art industry that not many people think about when they hear the phrase DEI in art. I mention that because now I get to share with you my conversation with Ashish Joyce, who is a creative director in Mumbai, India, and whose life essentially revolves around art. I just want to start by asking your name, pronouns,
1: and a background of what you do as an artist. All right. My name is Ashish Joyce. I go by him, he. The job profile is called art director or creative director. I work for an e-commerce company, and anything and everything that has to do with visual storytelling or marketing, that falls under me. So I have a team of digital marketing people as well as um, junior artists and we all work together and kind of put the word out from our company, whatever we do. So this is visuals on our website, social media handles, advertisements that go up on YouTube as well as television and any other platform. Um, we also are into podcasts. So we do all of those things. and. Since all of this come under media, um, that falls under my purview. I'm interested in almost everything that has to do with creation. I love creating. And it just happens that, you know, I found my calling in terms of job uh, in digital art and visualization. But other than this, I am also a traditional artist. So this means your usual old school low tech um, paints and graphite pencil art. And I like sculpting. And other than this, I'm also a hobbyist um, voice actor and uh, voiceover artist. So I help a few friends here and there with their personal projects, uh, free of cost, of course, because, you know, I don't do this professionally. And other than this, I like composing. Um, I have a small home studio going on around here and um, I like to sing. I like doing cover songs. I have my YouTube channel going on as well. That's really great you're the definition of a
0: versatile artist (laughs) uh (laughs) so how did you get into either uh you can pick one or all of them how did you get into those art forms like did you have any motivations or were there any like fears of being in that industry because of your identity or did you not understand that there was like minorities being discriminated against in art
1: I don't think I had a lot of fear entering this industry because I honestly did not think that I belonged to any category. But as time progressed, I noticed that there are these tiny little discriminations going on, um, no's being said to a certain set of people, yes being said to a certain set of people. I did not understand this um, because it didn't apply to me. That is a fortunate thing or an unfortunate thing, I'm not sure. But I did see that happening to my colleagues. And also when I used to pitch something, uh, the reason for that was pure discrimination and nothing to do with logic or nothing to do with you know, our goal not being met. If that makes sense. So, this happened over time. I started noticing this over time. And maybe in the States, um, you know, it's more for race. Here, it's more for color. In India, it's more for color and gender. So, these two are, there's a lot of discrimination that goes on for these two things.
0: When you entered the industry, was there ever any stigma surrounding you pursuing the arts?
1: My situation, well, I come from a family where all of my cousins are engineers or bankers. And I was probably the first one who wanted to say, hey, I want to draw cats and dogs for a living that definitely did not um, <laughs> you know invite uh, happy conversations in my house because I studied engineering like if I have to show my academics I have a background in mechanical engineering and I also have a master diploma in production design and analysis and if you look at what I do for a living now it has got absolutely nothing to do with each other. Sure, I apply a lot of concepts, but that's me, and that's left up to me. My um, employers, or you know, the people who are into the hiring business, have absolutely nothing to do with what I have studied. So, in that way, yeah, I got discouraged a lot, saying that you know, hey, you probably won't be able to last long because you know, how much, in how many ways, can you do the same thing over and over again, year after year? People did not understand that being an artist or being into the creative field is a lifestyle. It is not, yes, uh, you are solving higher problems, bigger problems, like marketing problems. The solution is in the form of a visual or a design. But other people just saw it as you just draw at the end of the day. You just put a few things, you make things prettier. That's what you do. But what will you do tomorrow for the same thing? What will you do next year for the same thing? So people were concerned, like my family and even other good um, well-wishers, even my professors at um, university, they warned me against doing what I'm doing right now. They said, you will hit a roadblock. Either it can be in terms of pay or career growth, or it can be... um, you know, what you can contribute. You'll hit a ceiling while all your friends will overtake you. They'll go above and beyond. So I think um, this is very unique to me because there's not a lot of people that my parents or my well-wishers have looked at who are in the same industry that I am. So their fears sometimes used to become my fears, but not anymore, I suppose.
0: Yeah. And did this like pressure to do something more traditional, did that fuel you into wanting to go to college for engineering? Or was that something that you chose to do on your own? So fun
1: fact, I actually wanted to go into the music industry. But engineering was presented to me, they said that, you know, There's a lot of scope in this. You can do what you want. And I chose mechanical engineering because from the prospectus that they give us from the university or uh, whatever that is being said during high school from our teachers, they said, yes, you you have a lot to create. You can create a lot of things. I mean, sure, yes, as an engineer, you can create a lot of things. But what is skipped a lot of times is you are a creator as an engineer only if you're there in the top 10. And in India, 13 million people graduate every year as engineers. So you really have to have a very strong background, either academically or um, maybe you did some internship or maybe you have had work experience right after um, high school uh, or something to just set you apart, which I did not have so i joined engineering i was just one of the many fishes in the sea nothing to separate me above the rest so what ends up happening is these engineers are just in the rat race either um, software coding wise or mechanical engineering we are just doing what someone else tells us to i'm not creating the iron man suit over here or anything that unique i'm not designing the next bmw car So all of these things kind of hit me. Like, you know, this reality, it hit me, but I was already in third year um, in university and it's a four-year course. Um, But at that time, um, Google had some sort of a program with our university. They wanted to promote their products, which is Google Drive and um, all the other Google tools uh, for university students. And we kind of formed a group to promote this within our university and the universities uh, around our university. And I was in charge of visuals. That's when I realized that, you know, my knack for art and uh, visual appeal Need not always be a hobby. I can make it into a job. So that's where the hunger f- for it started. and um, since I couldn't afford to drop out what I've already started, my father had already put in a lot of money into this, I couldn't drop out. So I finished it for the sake of finishing it. I finished my engineering and um, but my first job. I saw it after it on my own. And yeah, that's where my career started as a graphic designer, or you could say junior visualizer. And yeah, this was seven years ago. Wow. Yeah. So, in that time, like when you're in the workforce for
0: graphic design and like the different visual things you've done, have you had like a specific story that counted as discrimination based on your identity?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, Again, I I don't know if this is a fortunate thing or an unfortunate thing. I haven't personally experienced discrimination unto myself, but there's a little thing that uh, that did happen and it kind of, you know, I raised my eyebrows and it, it, it was a bit... I do not know how to describe it, but I did not like that feeling. So this isn't from my current workplace. This was from my previous workplace. And a group of employees were being felicitated for their hard work. So we were all like, you know, standing um, on a dais and uh, we were just lined up. There were two girls, uh, females, uh, next to me. And they received congratulations. Like, you know, the CEO came came up to them and they shook uh, their hand and uh, they gave them a bouquet of flowers. The next girl also received a bouquet of flowers. And, you know, they were handshaking and, you know, congratulations being told to them. When it came to me, that person just shook my hand. I didn't receive a bouquet of flowers. And that was only and only because I'm a guy. And no other reason. And let me tell you, I love flowers. And I would have loved to receive them. And um, nobody really gives this, these small little things much thought. But, you know, who said that we don't like flowers or we wouldn't like receiving flowers? So this was one thing that did happen. And then, you know, I did bring this up. And everyone kind of like, ah, is that really a big deal for you? I was like, well, change should start somewhere. So next time we have such a program, let's just either give flowers to everybody or not give flowers to anybody. So yeah, that was something that did happen. But, you know, much worse or or serious things have happened to other colleagues or, you know, whenever I pitched ideas. So one of my jobs as a creative director in the company that I work for is creating advertisements. So the final result is a video. So we promote what we want in with, you know, actors and models and, um, um, you know, people like that. And the process starts from understanding what kind of people we want on board, what kind of models. Now, the basic um, demographic that we have here is just a guy or a girl. What do you want? Who is doing what? What do you want them to do? And a lot of times I have had friends in this industry who needed a break. Or you can say they've been struggling as an actor or something, not getting a lot of deals or something. And I want to promote them. And honestly, they are really good because my reputation is on the line. So I really need to um, push those uh, friends of mine who are passionate about what they do and not uh, looking to make a quick buck or something. And as it turns out, I have friends who are really good at acting and modeling, but they are a little bit on the darker side of the Indian complexion. And I have been turned down from selecting them from the marketing side or the higher management side because they did not have a certain skin tone. Now, let me remind you, I do not work for a cosmetic Brand or a cosmetic um, industry, I work in a completely different domain, and their skin tone is absolutely ridiculous to be important. If they can pull off the expressions that we want, if they can deliver the dialogues that we want, that is more than enough. I mean the point the problem solving part uh, from the marketing side is actually sold by hiring this person, but we had to turn them down because their skin color was a certain way. And the same thing happens with, um, you know, I think this happens a lot with females. So before this industry, I used to work uh, for an agency who serviced um, digital designs for a cosmetics brand. And it's, it's the number one brand here in India right now. And there are so many so many instances that i can recall where we were profiling models and we only selected the fair ones and not the darker looking ones just their skin tone their skin texture was perfect their um you know build was what we wanted the kind of clothes that we had would have actually fit them there's so many things that was perfect but only because of their skin tone we were like ah not this one let's go with the other one so these kind of things are still happening, unfortunately, even in 2022.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I think colorism and picking people who are lighter skinned of the same race as someone who's darker skin is like prevailing in so many different countries and it's really causing problems both in the workforce and I know in dance that's also something where they pick people who look lighter. Uh, so on stage they don't stand out. Things like that I feel like are always an issue.
1: We still have fairness creams going on. Oh, my God. We still have fairness creams going on. And uh, I tell so many people that, you know, have you looked at the West? They have tanning <laughs> creams looking looking a little, um, you know, like caramel is sexy. So why do you want to look like uh, life has been sucked out of you? I'm, I mean... As Indians, that is what's going to happen to you. You won't look like a Caucasian just because you applied a fairness cream.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think the darker people like are forced to like want to look lighter and then the lighter people just want to look darker, which yeah. makes no
1: sense. <laughs> but
0: yeah. So in I think we talked about this, but in your job or like institutionally, have you seen progress in addressing these struggles that minorities face? Or if not, what do you think they can do to improve it?
1: Okay, so I joined the current company that I work for, I joined when it was just a three-people team. Two of them were the co-founders, there was one marketing person, and I was the fourth person that they hired. Now, I'm about to say something, but this happened uh, as a coincidence. I was not even aware that this was happening until my co-founder brought it up, and I was like, wow, that's really an accomplishment. So I'll tell you what happened. I was the first graphic designer that this company hired. And then in due course of time, we hired uh, four more. And, And now we are a team of five. And as it turns out, my team, my design team, my beloved design team, except for me, it's all females. It's all girls. And that to us is an accomplishment because... You know, we only looked at merits. I mean, that's what we want. We don't want anyone uh, looking at the demograph in a company, and they're like, you know, "Um, you know, the the three existing ones—they're female, so let's hire two males this time around. That is not what we want. That is not equality. That is just you trying to, um, you know, absolve or dissolve this discrimination, but you're actually making it worse. So just take people on merit. And that solves everything. And going a little bit deeper, this actually starts from home. This kind of discrimination, this starts from home. I have had people who wanted to do mechanical engineering. Like, you know, I told you before that I did mechanical engineering. My classroom was full of boys. Apparently the word Uh, around in this country is mechanical engineering is a physically taxing um, job or a course. So it's best if the girls don't get into it and people buy it. My classroom was full of boys and there was another division uh, in my university. There there were just two girls. That's it. That's all. That has to change. There are girls who love mechanical engineering. They want to get into it. They want to do it. They they probably would have, you know, done something incredible, but no. They were told, hey, you, you're going to be in a class full of boys. Do you want to deal with that? Or um, there'll be heavy lifting. Like, what is this? Are we in the medieval period? There are machines to do your heavy lifting for you. And people do not understand that. This starts at home. Now, another thing that's happening right now is In the next two weeks, um, my birthday is coming up and I'll be 30. And I am at that age where a lot of my relatives have just taken upon themselves to find me a suitable bride. And when they describe a prospective bride to me, there's always this sentence that describes their color. And I do not understand why. They start with, you know, this is her name, this is what she does, this is where she grew up, and uh, this is what she's doing right now, but she's a little bit cloudy. But, you know, her skin uh, uh, complexion is a bit fair. Why is that detail necessary? I do not understand that. So change will start at home. You know, let people do what they love. Let them do whatever they want to do. And when it comes to our responsibility, like the current, maybe the older generations are, you know, like they've grown, they're strong trees. They can't be uh, bent anymore. They can't be shown um, the modern approach, if you will. But our generation and the generations that are yet to come, what we can do is stop making this important. People make this important and sometimes that just defeats the whole purpose of it. Do not hire two boys after hiring three girls just because the existing three employees are three girls. Just look at what they have done, just look at what they do and decide if you want them on your team or not. This happened coincidentally at my place. Like, you know, we just we just hired and hired and hired. And then at the end of the day, we were like, wait a minute, it's an all-girls team. Wow, how about that? That's really good.
0: Yeah. Institutions, like a lot of them, like have that diversity quota that they want to meet by just hiring, like, a balance of the two, but not because they're good, just because they want to meet that kind of status.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. And uh, this is so... So much evident in advertisements, like I'm in the media industry. So if you take a look at TV shows that go on um, air these days or advertisements and stuff, you can see which ones are genuine and which ones are just so that they can tell themselves that, you know, hey, we picked everybody. There, There are two Caucasians then there's uh one, um, you know, someone who is African-American, and then there's an Asian who's always, for some reason, the smart guy in the room or the nerd. Why? Why do you force it? Why don't you just look at the actor and tell yourself, like, you know, is he good for this role? Yes or no? It's that simple. How much importance is being given to this is defeating the purpose why we are doing it in the first place, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of I remember talking about this with someone else, like TV and movies. You don't know if you're watching it and being happy that there's diversity, or being angry that the, it's they're doing it just for the sake of being popular because they know it's going to be well received if they have like a good diverse cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And one more thing you mentioned before about having like mechanical engineering thought to be just for boys, and I feel like that's a really good topic to discuss next like how there are like just genders associated with activities and jobs and hobbies and how we can break that in the future i know it, it does start at home because when you're raised you're like oh, okay dance is for girls singing is for girls sports all like baseball soccer they're all for boys like when you think of that like how damaging that that can be for youth and how can we change that
1: i don't think um you know the current generation or the youth, if you will. Um, I don't think they should try to change the older generation because it's always, at least in India, it's met with us being called a rebel or stubborn or just, you know, cultureless. So what we can do is work on our future. We understand people from our age group and the ones um, younger than us. Just do not do what has happened to you. It's that simple. And if you are in a position of power, please make that change. So I am currently in a position of power. Like the people who join my team, the screening process goes through me, who I hire, who I do not hire. And if anybody tells me anything, even remotely associated with their gender or their skin color or Um, You know, for that matter, even what they studied academically, I'm totally against it. Like, they'll just get an earful from me. I did not um, receive any kind of discrimination for my job based on what I studied. But there are people who reject employees only because they did not study what is required. They still do the job, mind you. They still can pull it off, probably more than someone who did study the same thing. But they're still kept aside just because they studied something else. So all of this we can do on an individual level and just inspire someone else to pick up on that. It just starts from one person.
0: Yeah, exactly. And this sort of ties into it. But do you have any other tips or things that people who are listening could do to fight
1: for equity in their field or in arts in general. Do not overthink this. Do not make it more important than it has to be. It is important. But when you highlight it with a marker, maybe someone wouldn't have noticed it all. But just because you underlined it, highlighted it, and put a neon sign around it, now that is, again, a discrimination. I hope I'm making sense. I do not know how else to put it. I think we'll go back to the example where you know t v shows and these casting directors they hire people from uh different parts of the world um just because they do not want to be um you know called out or something. but if that is not required, if you can tell your story without forcing all of these things. Just tell your story. People will not be annoyed. People will not be angry. And the same thing goes for um, India and how we are obsessed with skin tones or you know gender. Let people people are smart. People will tell you what they want. And based on merit, let them either do it or advise them to do something else. But let everything be on merit and not how they were born, what kind of skin color they have anything like this this is my advice like do not take this too um i don't know like do not make a revolution out of it nobody wants a um the fair indian day or the dark indian day nobody wants this Like, I understand, you know, there are uh, days that are being created left, right and center to appreciate a certain minority. But you do not understand that just because you created that, now they feel more under this wrong kind of spotlight.
0: Yeah, we'd like make it more normal for at least the next generation growing up that like everyone is a person and they have their own unique things to offer and to appreciate their diversity, but not make it like the one thing you focus on.
1: Yeah, so I just wanted to um, tell you about my department and my workforce. Like until somebody pointed out that you know, hey Ashish, did you notice that all of your juniors they're females? I was like, I did not notice that. So I'm not, you know, uh, praising myself here or something, but you know, this is how it could be. Just. Take a look at them. Like, I just looked at their profiles, their resumes, their CVs, and uh, I just decided, hmm, okay, you're, you're a good fit. Like, you know, you know what to do. I do not have to handhold you a lot. You're in. Come on, let's give you a shot. And then uh, post-probation period, I liked them. And then, you know, I, I hired them full time. I really did not look at their gender un- un- until the point where my CEO is like, you know, ha, huh, would you look at that? And she was proud of it. And uh, she's someone who's also received a lot of, um, you know, women entrepreneur awards and stuff like that. So, and uh, she's based out of um, Australia, like she's an Australian, but uh, from Indian origin. So she understands all of this. And it's why I've stuck in the company that I work for uh, this long. Otherwise, usually I skip. So I like the culture that we have built here. And I think everyone can start um you know doing the same thing like people are much much more than their race skin color and stuff so do not highlight it but do not be ignorant as well is what i would say
0: yeah that perfectly sums it up and lastly do you have any advice for current minorities in your field or in the arts community as a whole
1: don't give up just keep going and doing what you want. There there are a thousand people telling you a thousand things as to why you shouldn't do something or why you shouldn't even attempt something, but just go for it. I mean, in India, I don't know why this is uh, still a thing, but things like um, skin color and even height for that matter, people are discouraged from going into modeling. Like why? who who told you. There are people who probably are looking for someone exactly like you. And until and unless you dive into it, you would not know. And the people who give you advice as to you know why you shouldn't do something, because, hey, the other girls don't choose that. Other girls don't do mechanical engineering. They go into IT. They do software engineering or electronic engineering. You shouldn't do mechanical engineering. But That doesn't have to be that way. All I would say for the younger generation or the current minorities is don't be scared. Just do it. (laughs) That's all. Just do it.
0: Yes. Quote Nike. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So unless you have any last thoughts, I think that's a perfect place to end. Um, Thank you so much for coming on this podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much to Ashish for speaking with me today. And I hope all the listeners were able to learn something from this conversation. New episodes are released every other Friday. If you have any questions, please send them to at TCIA Podcast on Twitter or to at the color in art on Instagram. At the end of each episode, I will answer any questions sent. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a five-star rating or review as it helps me and the podcast so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I hope you all have an amazing week.